0: And welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877 97 Eric, 877 973 7425. If you would like to be a part of this program, uh, just to keep things rolling for you, remember uh, we will have our Christmas show December 24th. Thank you all for all of you who submitted. Recommendations. I have set the playlist for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Every year, I do a Christmas show, and we focus not on politics but on other stuff. And I take uh, musical suggestions from listeners, which I have done. I built the playlist. If you follow me on Apple Music or Spotify at E W Erickson, you can see the musical selections. You should be following me everywhere. On e W Erickson Instagram in particular. Uh, but Spotify and re- I use Apple Music more. Ew Erickson there as well. You can follow me along. Well, we gotta we gotta talk about uh, Ukraine. The situation is heating up, and the press is upset. Joe Biden has largely locked the press out of his conversations. Here's Jonathan Lemire on MSNBC.
1: Jonathan, you were frustrated yesterday uh, by uh, the press being kept out. Yeah, I mean, we just played footage from Russian state TV, the Kremlin, of the initial moments of that mm-hmm. call with Vladimir Putin greeting Joe Biden and Joe Biden giving him sort of, this remote. This has happened below. before. It has. Uh, we, the White House press did not have access to yesterday's. Why not? Uh, yesterday's meeting. The, they, it was not closed press. And it, 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 Normally, something like this, as you well know, uh, you, there's the, what's called a spray, and the press pool comes in and right. sees the top of the meeting. We're not, of course, don't anticipate, we're not going to sit there for all two hours, but you know, you'd be there for a few minutes, you see the, the two men greet each other, whatever it might be. the president. Biden perhaps addresses us, and that didn't happen. The White House, has no spray. they didn't say publicly why not. They did two weeks ago when he had his video conference with President Xi of China. The press pool was allowed in for that. But this has not this has not been an uncommon thing where there has been less media access to some of these foreign leader meetings under this administration uh, than previous ones. Wait, whoa, well, whoa, well, what is it? There, there was there has
0: been less press access under this administration than previous administrations. That would be the Trump
2: administration.
0: Why doesn't Joe Biden want us to be in the room when it comes to him talking to Vladimir Putin about it? Now, certainly there was classified information. I'm sure they were sharing, but they really shut the press out of this. Well, you know, Jake Sullivan, uh, we we should start having worries. Because remember, Jake Sullivan is the man who said there was no indication the Taliban could sweep into Afghanistan once we left. There there was no certainty at all. In fact, it was more likely than not, they could not take back over Afghanistan quickly. And now
1: he says this. We still do not believe that President Putin has made a decision. What President Biden did today was lay out very clearly the consequences if he chooses to move. He also laid out an alternative path, an alternative path that is fundamentally in keeping with the basic principles and propositions that have guided America in the Euro-Atlantic area for the past 70 years. And ultimately we will see in the days ahead through actions, not through words, uh, what course of action Russia chooses to take.
0: Here's what we know. Uh, The Russians are amassing troops on the Ukrainian border. The European Union has now bought into uh, what the Americans are saying, that is uh, Vladimir Putin wants to invade Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is shutting the press out of key conversations, not revealing what those conversations are. And Jake Sullivan is saying, we still don't know whether Vladimir Putin will do this or not. This is the same guy who told us we are pretty confident that the Taliban can't take over Afghanistan. Um, I'm concerned. Joe Biden was supposed to restore us on the world stage and things are rapidly declining. They're now saying that we will launch an evacuation of Americans from from Ukraine. Good luck, given the evacuation of Americans from Afghanistan. Uh, Will we be able to? This is from CNN. The Biden administration is exploring options for a potential evacuation of U.S. citizens from Ukraine if Russia were to invade the country and create a dire security situation, half a dozen sources tell CNN. The contingency planning is being led by the Pentagon, the sources say, and comes as the administration briefs Congress on how the U.S. is preparing. In a gloomy briefing for senators by senior State Department official Victoria Noland on Monday night, Noland outlined the tough sanctions package being prepared by the administration in response to a potential Russian attack, but acknowledged that the United States' options to deter an invasion are fairly limited. A person with familiar familiarity of the briefing said, It is still unclear whether Vladimir Putin has made the decision to invade, U.S. official stressed, but he has amassed enough forces, equipment, and supplies near Ukraine's border that he can move the attack on very short notice. The administration does not currently see a need for evacuations. Airlines are still operating. Land borders with Western neighbors are open. Yeah, I guess... If you need to evacuate Ukraine, you could go to Romania or Poland in the wintertime with Russia controlling the oil and natural gas pipelines. Yeah, that'll work. I mean, I guess you could start saving now. It's kind of like when, when COVID was starting to spread and people were saying, yeah, go to the grocery store now, don't hoard, but, but stockpile. Stock a little more here and there every day when you go to the grocery store as you need it. Start doing that if you live in Ukraine. By the way, you want to know one of the wild trivia facts? According to my live stream, I have people in Ukraine who listen to this program. I praying for you guys might want to go on vacation over Christmas. My goodness gracious. The Biden administration is watching Equatorial Guinea, which for those of you who don't know is a West African nation on the Atlantic coast, allow in a Chinese naval presence. Now there are concerns that Barbados, Barbados has just become a republic. They have ousted Queen Elizabeth II as their sovereign. They've become a republic, and China has begun immediately throwing money at them, trying to lure them China's way. So maybe China can start parking ships at Barbados as well. The Biden administration seems completely flat-footed on all of this. I'm afraid something wicked this way comes. I'm afraid we are headed towards, well, not a good or stable situation. Joe Biden was supposed to restore the American credibility on the world stage. Joe Biden was supposed to restore stability to the world. Instead, it seems like it's gotten even more unstable. It seems like Biden can't get a grip on things. Now you could say, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump is not president of the United States. Joe Biden is president of the United States. And not only is Joe Biden president of the United States, Joe Biden as well has a national security team that has already done the song and dance for Barack Obama in the past. You would think they would have a better handle on these things. I mean, it's the same on the domestic appointments. It makes you wonder who Joe Biden is appointing to uh, the federal government. You know, what's her name? The commie from Moscow. Yeah, I, by the way, I, I don't mean that pejoratively. This woman actually is a communist. Uh, It's, oh, oh, oh I, can't, I can't remember her name now. She went to Moscow University, had a Linden scholarship. Senator Kennedy from Louisiana got in trouble for referring to her as comrade. She took offense to that. But her statements, as Tim Scott has pointed out, as as Ted Cruz and Tom Cotton and others have pointed out, her recent statements are Marxist statements. And now Biden's got to hang up on the FCC as well. Uh, Gigi Sun. It's kind of weird. Uh, Newsmax and OAN, the two conservative networks rivaling Fox, they've come out in favor of Gigi Sun. And um, she's actually pretty progressive. Now, the owner of OAN has come out this morning and said, as a matter of fact, we're, we're really not down uh, with her being in charge, this lady. So it, keep in mind, uh, Philip just sent me the name Sal Amarova. The linen Scholar has withdrawn her nomination uh, to be the, the um, person in charge of currency. She wanted to turn banking over to the Federal Reserve, among other things, super far left was a linen scholar. and Now you've got Gigi Sun in Washington, a, a hyper-progressive activist and not only in favor of net neutrality, but in favor of the government imposing editorial values on cable news. Newsmax and OAN had come out in favor of her in large part because they're tired of Fox and they want to rival Fox. And she wants the government to break apart Fox, but also talk radio. She's opposed to talk radio. So you've got the Biden administration flailing about on the world stage. You've got them domestically picking hyper-progressives to be in charge of everything. They can't even get them through the Senate. The whole situation is oddly destabilizing. What seems to be happening here, and, you know, this goes back to my theory of, of Biden being in the Senate. It's not that Biden is out to lunch. It's not that Biden is incapable it's that Biden is being guided by Ron Klain because Joe Biden was in the U.S. Senate. And a lot of senators, particularly the old school senators, not the the, the younger senators, the older senators are used to letting the chiefs of staff steer the ship. And in steering that ship, uh, allowing them to wind down information and present their senator with what is essentially a done deal and let him sign off on it. So you make all the decisions and get the senator's blessing. That's the way Biden is running this presidency. And so people are going to Ron Klain, who is allowing the progressives to run the ship. And the reason Ron Klain is allowing the progressives to do it is he's taking the moderate Democrats for granted. He knows they're not going to vote for Trump. At least he thinks they're not. They'll vote for Trump. But he's got to keep the progressives from splitting the party. This is what happens when you grab the tiger by the tail across the board, they're making staggering long-term consequential decisions that aren't going to go well for any of us because they're too scared of allowing progressives to rock the boat. And they're too scared to stand up to those progressives as well. You are struggling right now. Well, you should be, cause I am. What am I going to get people for Christmas that I love? What am I going to get myself? Well, there are lots of things you can do. And one of the things you can do is considering how much time we sleep and stay in our beds, consider gifting Bull and Branch. My gosh, their sheets are comfortable. My wife was so excited when I told her that Bull and Branch was going to be an advertiser because she's been hearing about their sheets and she wanted some and we bought some and then they sent us some and gosh, she knew she was getting that second pair and she loves them. We have Bowling branch on most of the beds in our house now, and all the time people ask us when they stay at our house, what exactly it is, where do we get our sheets because you can feel the difference. They are very soft. You know that they they've got a good snug feel to them, but they're also very soft. You can tell they've got a high thread count. I really really do like these things. They are very soft. They've got organic cotton weave. They feel incredible all season long, every season, from twin size beds to California Kings. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard embedding from Bowling Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. If you order by December 19th, you get guaranteed delivery for Christmas. Best deals of the year are going now from December 6th, to December 8th with promo code Eric, E-R-I-C-K, at Branch.com. That's Bol, B-O-L-L, and Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions may apply. You're going to want and Branch. Yes, you are. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Joining me from Washington, D.C., the senator from the great state of Texas, Senator Ted Cruz. How are you?
2: Eric, I'm doing terrific. How about yourself?
0: I'm great. Uh, I wanted to ask you uh, about some of these Biden picks, but I feel like I'm obligated to ask you first about the Ukrainian situation. You've got the Biden administration plotting uh, evacuations of Americans and Jake Sullivan saying we're unsure that Putin will invade. And given how this went when they said all these things in Afghanistan, should, should we be concerned?
2: Well, we should be concerned. The situation is profoundly dangerous. There are over 100,000 Russian troops massed on the border of Ukraine. Uh, This weekend, the Biden administration declassified documents showing that their own projections uh, are that an invasion is imminent. It could happen as soon as January or February of this coming year. Uh, And all of this is a direct result of Joe Biden's weakness. There are two causes... For this, this military invasion that, 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 that appears to be imminent. Number one, you just referenced uh, Biden's disgraceful surrender in Afghanistan and the chaos and weakness all across the globe. The enemies of America saw the disaster in Afghanistan and they looked to Washington and they took a measure of the man in the Oval Office and they determined that Joe Biden is weak and ineffective and will not stand up to them and it made the world a much more dangerous place. Russia was emboldened, China was emboldened, Iran was emboldened, North Korea was emboldened, because when the president is weak, the enemies of America are stronger. But secondly, this threatened invasion is is the direct consequence of Biden's surrender to Putin on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Mm-hmm. Now, now, why are those two connected? Well, in 2014... Putin invaded Ukraine, invaded Crimea, a region of Ukraine, but he stopped short. He didn't continue to invade the rest of the country. He didn't march into Kiev. And the reason he didn't is that Russia's natural gas, Russia's revenue all comes from selling natural gas and oil. Russia's natural gas travels through Ukraine to get to Europe. And had Putin invaded the rest of Ukraine, the Ukrainians could have destroyed those pipelines, which would have crippled the Russian economy. And and, and so that's what prevented Putin from continuing to go into Ukraine. Well, the next year, 2015, Putin began the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. That is a pipeline, an undersea pipeline that goes directly from Russia to Germany, and it skips Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And the reason Putin wants to build it is so that he can invade Ukraine, reassemble the the old Soviet Union, and, and not have to worry about the Ukrainian energy infrastructure. In 2019, I introduced legislation to stop the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, to sanction it. It was bipartisan legislation. I got overwhelming support for it in the Senate and in the House. President Trump signed it into law in December of 2019, and Putin stopped building the pipeline the day that my legislation was signed into law. For the next year, the pipeline was dormant. It lay. Nothing happened. And then Joe Biden became president. He was sworn into office on January 20th, 2021. And Putin began building the pipeline again on January 24th, 2021. Four days later, because Biden was projecting weakness to Putin, and then this summer, Biden formally waived the sanctions on Russia, which is allowing Putin to go forward with Nord Stream 2. That is why Russia is getting ready to invade Ukraine, because Biden surrendered to Putin. It is shameful, and it is dangerous.
0: And it's just going to embolden China and and everyone else. And
2: meanwhile,
0: at at home, he continues this volley of of hyper-progressive picks within the federal bureaucracy. I mean, we we just saw Saul Morova. thankfully, withdraw her nomination, but it I, I caught my eye the other day. You were talking about Gigi Sun uh, with the FCC who wants to reintroduce a whole litany of progressive agenda items there uh, that have failed in the past uh, that would really prevent innovation within, I mean, for example, I've got a vested interest in talk radio and her ideas would prevent innovation there, but also go after Fox News and conservative conservative editorial content.
2: No, that, that, that is exactly right. Gigi Sun is is a hard leftist. And she believes in using government power to advance her ideology. And, and then that's particularly dangerous on the Federal Communications Commission, because the FCC has enormous authority, enormous power over how we communicate, over our media, over radio and TV, and they're asserting more and more authority over broadband and the Internet. And what's dangerous is that Gigi Sone has shown a willingness to target and go after conservative media that she disagrees with and and putting that power of censorship in the hands of someone who has been brazen in her partisanship that uh, that th- that's a really dangerous combination
0: do you, do you see any democrats coming out to oppose her
2: you know so far we haven't seen any any democrats stand up against it uh, and and this nomination um Unfortunately, Senate Democrats have been willing to confirm some really horrible nominees. We—I right. just finished voting, uh, just a couple of minutes ago, on on the the nomination of Rachel Rollins. Rachel Rollins is who Biden has nominated to be the U.S. Attorney in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. She is a Soros-selected prosecutor who who soft on crime doesn't even begin to describe her policy. She actually. In writing, directed her prosecutors in the office, she laid out 15 crimes, serious crimes, violent felonies that they will not prosecute, that they are forbidden from prosecuting. And, and it's essentially the prosecutorial equivalent of abolishing the police. This, the, these are DAs that won't prosecute violent crimes. And i got to tell you, every single Democrat just voted to confirm her. It is shocking the willingness that, uh, of Democrats but to vote surprising. for terrible nominees.
0: Senator, listen, I know we're jockeying you between schedule and now me with the clock, but I appreciate you stopping by. I really do. It's always good to hear from you.
2: Always good to be with you, Eric. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Senator Ted Cruz. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Thanks to Ted Cruz for stopping by. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, eight seven seven nine seven three. Seven four two five, let's go to the phone. Susan, you're gonna be up next. Welcome.
3: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um regarding the Chinese, um I, I have a group of political friends, you know, the political junkies I exchange texts with. And and I looked on my phone and as far as three or four years ago, we were talking about how the Chinese um and their articles that we were exchanging, Chinese have been going to countries all, especially in Africa and developing countries or countries that just don't, might not have the money to upgrade their ports. And they go in and they say, hey, you know, you guys could do a lot for your country by upgrading your port. And, and the countries say, yeah, we could. And they, they offer to lend them the money and they say, we'll upgrade the port for you. So the countries bite on it and they say, yeah, okay. And then after the port's upgraded, they come in and say, you know, we kind of need to protect our investment. Uh, we're going to bring some people in to protect it. And those people happen to be the Chinese military. Yeah, right. So they're basically establishing military bases all around the world. And then they're also investing in pipelines, uh, gas and oil pipelines so around the world. So they don't even need to have a hot war because they can use... The the transportation, you know, these shipping lanes and the pipelines as weapons, they can just shut it down. And remember, they control the Panama Canal too. So they don't need to have a real war. They just, they can just threaten to shut this stuff down and they can choke the world off.
0: Well, and you, you know, to your point there, Susan, the Chinese are uh, big believers in Sun Tzu and the art of war. And uh, Sun Tzu's argument is that you lay out right. war in such a way that you've won it before the first shot is fired. And the Chinese are That's doing right. that. And, and for for people who don't understand what what Susan's talking about here, let, let's talk about the Chinese financing system. Susan, thanks for that. Uh, the Chinese, it, Sri Lanka, Barbados, uh, Equatorial Guinea, um, uh, Zimbabwe, Zaire, what what Southern African country. The Chinese are making loans to these companies that they know the companies, countries that these countries are not going to be able to pay back. And when the countries default on the loans, China gets the property. So in Southern Africa, one of the countries there, and I want to say it's Zimbabwe, um, made a loan with China to build its airport infrastructure. And multiple press outlets in southern africa are pointing out uh it's uh it's zambia multiple press outlets are pointing out that the way it was structured there's no way they could pay back the loan the chinese are now taking over their airport and the government of zambia is denying it but other press outlets are confirming it they're doing this as well um With military bases, with ports, as Susan said, with pipelines, the Chinese and the Russians have never had a collaborative relationship until recently, and it's going to cause us globally problems. Now, here's the issue. I realize that there are a lot of Americans whose position is let them have it. There are a lot of Americans who think, uh, why should we care that China and Russia are building up around the world? Let's leave them alone. They'll leave us alone. Except that's not the way this works. We are a globally integrated society, and we have two authoritarian regimes that wish to exert dominance on the world. Because of the American capitalistic free market system, we're able to keep prices down, through a global competitive free market economy. As our leadership of the role recedes and their leadership expands, they start cutting favorable deals. They start awarding their country's preferential interest. It drives our costs up. It drives our costs up and also begins to attracting research and funding for research and intellectual property theft that both countries are notorious at that makes us less and less competitive in the world. That drives our costs up even further. And then, of course, we get into free press issues. We get into free speech issues. We get into basic liberty issues where those countries uh, do not share our view of the world when it comes to those things. We have deep problems when it comes to a global comprehensive strategy to push back on China and Russia and the Biden administration doesn't seem capable of doing it. As Ted Cruz pointed out in his interview with me a short time ago, the Biden administration has largely caved to what Russia wanted, which is very interesting because of all of the Russia, 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 Russia talk from the media. The media was obsessed with Donald Trump being a stooge for Vladimir Putin, and yet it is... Joe Biden, who is largely caving to everything that Vladimir Putin wants, here's Tom Cotton, a uh, senator from Arkansas, talking about this.
1: Let's just say I don't think he's quaking in his boots. Uh, but Joe fought, Joe Biden has no one to blame but himself for this situation in Russia on the Ukraine border. All year long, he's been appeasing Vladimir Putin. First, he gave him his number one priority: a no strings attached extension of a nuclear arms control treaty that greatly favors Russia. Second. He granted him construction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline And then he told the Ukrainian president to be quiet about it if you wanted to come to the White House. I've been around long enough. I remember that would get you impeached, guys. Mm -hmm. Third, he had a very weak response to cyber attacks that originated from Russia or Russian nationals. Fourth, we just sent back a notorious Russian hacker that we had in American custody. I would say this call is even an example of how he's appeasing Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin builds up 175,000 troops on Ukraine's border after this long series of concessions this year. And what does Joe Biden do? He rushes off to the Situation Room to get on a video call with him to beg him not to invade Ukraine when he's unwilling to specify exactly the kind of measures that the United States will lead Europe in taking should he invade Ukraine.
0: He's not wrong. We got real problems and the Biden administration doesn't seem to have a comprehensive agenda to fix these things. You can start to see a new axis of evil shaping up to use a phrase. China, Russia, Iran, uh, even to some degree, Turkey, Pakistan, Afghanistan, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela. You can see this coalition rising around the world right now. And there doesn't seem to be a comprehensive plan anywhere uh, in the Western world to combat this. The Australians are urging the Americans to take a stand. The Australians are deeply concerned about China's uh, rise in the Western Pacific. They're deeply concerned about what China's doing. The Brits as well are pushing us. uh, And now you've even got Germany starting to say, "Eh, we may not want to do the pipeline. We may not want to finish it off, given Russia's ambitions in in making Europe too dependent on Russia and funding Russian ambitions. But this administration just doesn't seem to have any sort of comprehensive plan to do anything other than we're just going to be nice to everybody. They're not going to be nice to you in return. They seem to be naive. And of course, these are the same people who defended a deal with Iran that did not turn out well. And they think they're going to get different results or better results. Now, they're not. And that's the problem. Now, you know, they're also, well, they're they're thinking of supplying arms to Saudi Arabia. They got to do something to contain Iran. Saudi Arabia is the more reasonable player, believe it or not. Uh... Rand Paul and Bernie Sanders, though, are opposed
1: to this arms deal. Should we fail to seize this opportunity, history will not let us forget that America, the last best hope for humanity, failed to protect
2: defenseless civilians from the cruelty of a criminal regime.
1: Senator from Vermont. Mr.
2: President, I, I find myself in the
0: somewhat uncomfortable and unusual uh, position uh, of agreeing with Senator Paul. Yeah, those two don't exactly see eye to eye. At the same time, though, we probably do need to beef up uh, supplies of arms to Saudi Arabia. Remember, we took the Houthi rebels off a terrorist list, the Houthi rebels, funded by Iran. They're the ones who invaded the U.S. embassy in Yemen a couple of weeks ago. Notice how little media coverage there was of a rebel invasion by terrorists of a U.S. embassy in Yemen. Uh, Very few news outlets covered it. The Wall Street Journal did. The Washington Free Beacon did. There was a blurb on CNBC, but that's about it. And Senator Paul, with all due respect to him, I think we got to prop up the Saudi regime as the alternative to the Iranians. We got to do something there. Meanwhile, now you've got Basra al-Assad in Syria. Turns out his regime has gone into the drug trade. That's right. Uh, I forget where I saw this yesterday. It was a major news outlet. I, it might have been the New York Times, one of their foreign correspondents. Uh, talking. No, no, no. It was Los Angeles Times, Los Angeles Times, talking about how the uh, Syrian regime, in order to fund its weapons programs, have gotten into selling a highly addictive drug in the Middle East and that the Syrian military itself are the manufacturers and distributors of the drug. And it's spreading throughout the Middle East and Northern Africa. And they're using the proceeds to buy more weapons. I thought Joe Biden was going to fix all this stuff. I thought Joe Biden was going to solve these problems. They're not. They're also not solving the economic problems in the United States. This is from CNBC.
4: Hey Joe, good morning. Those two issues are top of mind for small business owners in Q4. According to our survey, 75% of small business owners say they're experiencing higher supply costs. That's up from 70% last quarter. Among those who are facing rising costs, nearly four in 10 say that they're raising prices to offset those costs. Another 39% told us that they're planning to raise prices if costs continue to increase. 58% say that they're being hit by supply chain disruptions. That's also up from 55% we saw in Q3. Asked what the biggest risk to business is, more owners now say that inflation is riskier than supply chain disruptions, COVID concerns coming in third place with 17% of the vote. But this survey was taken pre-Omicron. Labor shortages are persisting, but interestingly enough, didn't crack the top three issues this quarter. Overall, small business confidence did tick down to 44 due to negative policy expectations under the Biden administration. This is one point from the all-time low for our index hit in Q1 of 2021.
0: Negative implications of Biden policy. They're messing up foreign affairs. They're messing up domestic affairs. Now, you guys need to listen to me here. Pay attention to me. Some of you who are listening really despise Donald Trump. Some of you who are listening really love Donald Trump. What the people who really despise Donald Trump need to understand is that Joe Biden's incompetence makes it much more likely that Donald Trump can get reelected. I don't know if y'all have seen this data, but in the battleground states that would matter in 2024, were the election held today, Donald Trump would have won them and would have won the electoral college and would be president of the United States. This is why, for those of you who don't like Trump, Biden's incompetence matters. For the rest of us, Biden's incompetence matters because it's going to lead us to global war and wreck the American economy. That should matter for the other people as well, but they're so poisoned by Donald Trump that they don't like the guy. They're okay with all the other fallout as long as they can keep Trump out of office, but you can't when Biden's incompetence sparks a war and wrecks the economy. When you have small businesses in America that 75% of small businesses in America say their problems aren't getting better And in some cases are getting worse. Small businesses are still the heart of this country's economy. And their their shoppers and their employees, their patrons, get there's a problem. So not only will you have a coming Republican wave in 2022, you may very well have Trump come back in 2024, although I still suspect he doesn't go that far. But he could, and he could win. And he deserved to win. Because he could run an entire campaign on See, I Told You So, and get a lot of votes. Now, I want you guys to know something Uh, as the holiday seasons approach. For several years, when I practiced law, I volunteered for the Alliance Defending Freedom. It's one of the few legal nonprofits in the United States that really racks up wins in both state courts and federal courts for conservatives and for Christians. Now, since leaving my law practice, I have continued to volunteer for them. I, in the past, I've spoken at their events, I've been to their training sessions. So, one of the things they do is they teach lawyers and pundits how to talk plainly about complex legal issues. Now, listen, I'm glad to have ADF as an advertiser. I'd be encouraging you to support them anyway. The Alliance Defending Freedom actually will take your donations and use them to help those who can't afford lawyers hire the very best lawyers to fight for freedom from the highest court of the land all the way down to the local level. Right now, ADF has received a matching grant, so all new donors will have their gifts matched to help in their defense of freedom. If you wanna help, go to adflegal.org slash That's adflegal.org E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, adflegal.org. Slash Ericsson. Go today. The phone number, if you would like to call in, is 877 97 Eric, 877 973 7425 You know, I talk about the subject every once in a while, and this is one of those where I've just I gotta laugh at this. I shouldn't laugh at this, but we're gonna laugh at this together. This is from NBC News, you know, the mad push to get everyone in electric cars. This is the title and subtitle: How the rise of electric cars is endangers the last frontier of the Philippines and the subtitle a mine that supplies nickel for the batteries that power electric vehicles is on the verge of a major expansion into a pristine rainforest that's right that's right jiminda bartolome spends her days at the foot of a lush mountain range, tending to her rice paddies. A mother of six, she leads a group of farmers and members of the indigenous Palawan tribe who believe the crop is endowed with a human soul. That, she said in a recent afternoon, pointing towards the farmland, is our source of livelihood. Bartolome, 56, lives in one of the most biodiverse places on earth. A stunning island that draws legions of tourists to its crystal blue waters and pristine nature preserves. But these days, her livelihood and the ancient rainforest system it depends on are under threat. A nickel mine stretching nearly four square miles scars the forest above Bartolomé's farmland. The mine, Rio Tuba, plays a vital role in satisfying the global demand for a mineral, More coveted than ever due in part to the explosion of the electric car industry. The raw nickel dug out of the ground here ends up in the lithium batteries of plug-in vehicles manufactured by Tesla, Toyota, and other automakers. And nickel demand is skyrocketing. So they're expanding this nickel mine deep into the rainforest. Nobody ever likes to talk about this. Nobody wants to talk about the economic and ecological costs of battery-powered vehicles. Why? Because rich, white progressives want everyone in a Tesla for global warming. Well, your your emissions from fossil fuels, getting rid of them, it causes a trade-off, a big trade-off. This is a problem. I'm glad to see NBC News finally talking about this, but you notice they waited until after the infrastructure bill. Haven't quite gotten through the the Build Back Better plan yet, but, you know, there are ecological problems. And this doesn't even get into lithium mining and the children in third world countries who are the ones who tend to do it. And it causes them all sorts of problems. I mean, there actually are trade-offs. You get rid of one environmental problem, you create a new environmental problem. That's just as bad, in some cases worse. I thought you needed the trees to contain the carbon and now you're chopping down the forests to get to the nickel there's a problem there that no one wants to talk about. Maybe just let us naturally transition over time instead of forcing everyone to do it. Maybe solutions will arise in the process. But they don't want to wait for the solutions. They've gotten impatient. They're going to cause problems for all of us. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no, it's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say, Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. firstlibertyga.com.